All right, a good nerve Shabbos. Today's daf is daf Ayin Dalid, page seventy-four. And the Hevigah Maseches the Dorim, and we've been discussing the removal of vows when it comes to an arusa, when it comes to a nisua, and what happens if a woman is a uh, if a woman's a bogara, so on and so forth. All right, so now the next mission is going to hack the halacha of a yavam and yavama. What is the status of a yavam removing the vows of a yavama? So here we go. What we need to understand first is, do we view Yibum as Erisin? Do we view Yibum as Nesuin? Or do we view Yibum as something that stands by itself? Something, uh, something, that's, something that's unique. Alright, so here we go. Mishnah, top of Ayin Dalit, Amr Aleph. Shemeres Yom Yavish, Shemeres Yavam, a woman waiting for Yibum. Whether she's waiting for Yibum to one brother, whether she's waiting for Yibum to two brothers. And what's going to be the difference between one and two? It's going to be a much bigger chiddish to tell me that you could have two brothers, both who have a koach, to remove her vows. Right? You're going to tell me if she has, let's say Yavam could remove vows. You're going to give that koach to, to, to two brothers? What if there's five brothers? They're all going to be considered. In other words, if Yibum is like Erison, it's going to be a fascinating uh, place. Where you can have multiple people who are called husbands. Right? So, so are all five or two going to have to do it together? So let's see. Beautiful. So um, whether she's a Yavam to one, whether she's a Yavama to one, whether she's a Yavam to, to two, Rebbe Ezra says, Yafer, the Yavam, any one of them, has a right to remove the vows. Now, this seems to imply two things. Number one is that... A Yavam is doing it by himself. That's, that's what we're assuming. Now, it's not necessarily true. Because it doesn't say as opposed to the father. What he does say is the Yavam removes the vow. It seems to imply like if a Yavam does something, the vow is gone. This kind of puts them in a status of Nesuin. Because remember, when a woman has Nesuin, that's when the father loses his rights. Now, the problem is going to be... If we're going to view Yibum as Nesuin and allow a husband to do it by himself, how can Rebbe Eliezer also say they could have multiple people removing the vows? She can't have be in a status of Nesuin to multiple people. Okay, but that's that's the uh, how, that's the psak of Rebbe Eliezer, and this needs clarification. What's where's Rebbe Eliezer coming from when he says you can have any of them do it and seemingly do it by himself? Fine. Rabbi Akiva argues. Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Akiva, no. If she's a Yavama, any Yavam cannot remove her vows. It seems from Rabbi Akiva that the exact opposite of Rabbi Eliezer. While Rabbi Eliezer seems to imply that a Yavam and Yavama are like Nisuin, Rabbi Eliezer seems to imply they're not even Arison. Because he's saying that the Yavam cannot do anything. Whether it's one Yavam or two. This is a lower Madrega than a regular Arus. So we have kind of opposite extremes in the approach to how to view the bond between a Yavam and Yavama. On one hand, again, Rebbe Liezer is saying it's a very deep bond to the point of Nesuin. That's our assumption. Because he's allowing a Yavam to do by himself. On the other hand, you have Rebbe Akiva who says no. A Yavam doesn't even, even have the power of an Arus. Okay. So now we're going to get into, the mission is going to tell us the conversations that happened around these Pesachim. I'm a Rebbe Yezer. Rebbe Yezer said to Rebbe Akiva. He says, Rebbe Akiva, I don't understand your Pesach. 
If let's say you have a man who puts a ring on a woman's finger and acquires her for himself, what's the halacha? There are now arus and arayu mefer nederel. He's involved in removing her vows. So a woman that God connected you to, a Yavama, that the Torah connected the two of you, that should be an, even a stronger bond than when somebody chose to do it by himself. How much more so should he have a right to remove her vows? By Nisuin, where the guy did it himself, we allow it. The Torah says you don't have an option. This woman, you're, you're this guy's brother and he dies childless. The Torah says, she's connected to you, buddy. You have an obligation to either do Yibam or Chalitza. And that's why I say, says Rabbi Eliezer, <laughs> that the husband has a right to remove her vow. Amalei Rabbi Kiva, Kiva says, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I get where you're coming from, but I'll tell you a greater logic than you. I'll tell you a better smarter, which is, when a man does it by himself, what happens? She's stuck with him and him alone, as opposed to when the Torah creates Yibam, she's not connected to any specific man. She could be connected to multiple people. Let's say there's five brothers. Two brothers. The Torah connects her to multiple people. So says Rabbi Akiva, I hear what you're saying. That maybe a bond created by Torah should be stronger than a bond that came by choice. However, think about it. When he does it by choice, it's just the two of them. Right? Over here, it's not just the two of them when it comes to Yibum. And therefore... You're not, nobody's taking on specific rights of vow removal. Mm-hmm. Again, there's five brothers. Each one could do the Yibam. So she's not stuck with anyone in particular. Fine. That's the back and forth between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva. Now Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua now turns to Rabbi Akiva. It's a new name. And Rabbi Yeshua seems to, is going to seem to be coming with a third opinion. Amr like Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua said to... Uh, Rabbi Akiva, as we're going to see, Akiva, Devarecha Bishnei Yivamim. Your words are true when there's two Yivam. Two Yivam. Two, two Yivam. What does that mean? That, granted, if there's multiple brothers, she's connected to multiple people, I hear what's bothering you by allowing their vow removal. But maybe if there's one Yivam and she's stuck with one person, Taka will give him stronger rights, and maybe Rabbi Eliezer would be right by a regular Yavam and Yavama, and there's only one. Maybe he would be right. Rabbi, Akiva, Rabbi Yeshua seems to imply he's going to take a little bit of Rabbi Eliezer and a little bit of Rabbi Akiva and create a situation where if there's one Yavam, then he could remove the vows. But if there's two, then not. That's going to seem to be Rabbi Yeshua's approach. Amar Lai, to which Rabbi Akiva responded, Ena Yavama Gemurali Yavam. No, a, yava, a Yavama, he says, granted, if there's one, I hear where you're coming from. However, when there's one and one, Kishem Sharusa I still hold that the, that the relationship obligation the Torah puts in the Yavama and Yavama is still weaker than an Arus. It's still weaker than Arison. And therefore, I'm sticking to my guns that a Yavam does not, whether it's one Yavam or multiple Yavam, uh, does not have a right to remove the vows. Okay? All right. Now there's a, I just want to focus on the name Akiva for a minute. I'm sorry to have a son by the name Akiva. And I, we spell his name differently. 
If you look at the Mishnah, how do you spell Rabbi Akiva? How's Akiva spelled? Ayin Kof Yod Vez Aleph. Most Akivas in the world spell their name the way it's written in Mishnah and Gemara. We happen to spell our son's name with a hey at the end. Ayin Kof Yod Vez Hey. We spell with a hey at the end. Why? Because um, the. Um, it slipped my mind. I forget who wrote the who, who wrote the tshuva. Um, so there's a Maisa with Arzarua that he would write the name Akiva with a hey. He mocked to write it with a hey for various reasons because of the way Rabbi Akiva died and so on and so forth. He felt that even though written in Mishnah and Gemara with the Aleph, switched it with a hey. And there was a Maisa that a lot of the Paiskim argued on him, and there was a Maisa. Where he wrote in a get, there was a person by the name of Akiva who got divorced, and he wrote in the get, Ayan Kuf Yudvez Hey. That's how he spelled it. And the other, the other Paiskim of that generation um, put him in Kherim. They, they, they put him in Kherim for messing up Git. You got to make sure to very much, you got to put it together. He was very bothered by this, and he, he wasn't sure whether, you know, how to. Uh, Handle the situation because on one hand he was he felt it was mamish correct to be a hey, on the other hand it was um, the there were paiskimo argued and this was a lot of uh, pressure to you know that was being put him I don't know if it was literally a chirim but there was they were very upset at him. it was like being pushed a little chutzlamachna outside the camp um, that night he had a dream and in the dream he saw the words ar zarua latzadik. With the last letter of each word in bold. What's the last letter of that pasuk, of each word? R is resh, zarua ayin, latzadik is kuf, uliyishrei yud, lev is bez, simcha is a hey. It's the name Akiva, Spelled with a hey. He saw the, the Pasuk of Arzurua Atzal Yishlev Zimcha, and this is why he calls his Sefer the Arzurua, based upon, uh, based upon uh, this Maisa, the whole, whole uh, Maisa over there. Yeah, and ultimately, even later on, the Chassam Sefer wrote that uh, this Psaka was correct, and therefore there are people, there are people who today they spell Akiva with an Aleph, and the people who spell Akiva with a hey. So why do we choose to spell it? Because my brother Akiva, that's how my father. Chose to spell it. That's how he chose to put the name Akiva into the family. And when we were naming our son after Rabbi Akiva when he was born during Sfira, so also, you know, if that's uh, we, uh, that's how we spell the name. Okay, little uh, tangential story when we're dealing with uh, Rabbi Akiva. Fine. So we have three, uh, three different opinions in the Mishnah. We have the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, who says that when you when a yavam falls to a when a yavam falls to a yavam. Whether there's multiple Yavamin or whether there's one Yavam, the Allah is, they could remove the vows. Rabbi Yeshua argued and he says, no, when there's one Yavam you could, when there's two you can't. And Rabbi Akiva holds that either way a, y- a Yavam cannot remove a vow. Okay, it's not strong enough of a bond. Says the Gemara, here we go. Bishlam Rabbi Akiva, makes sense according to Pinna Rabbi Akiva, Safar Zika, he holds there's no, there's not a strong enough of a bond. We're going, we're going back to Yavamas now. <coughs> whether there's Yesh Zika or Ein Zika, Rabbi Kiva holds there's a Chiyah for a Yavam to take in the Yavam. But as far as, is there a connection and immediate bond, a strong strong bond like Erison that kicks in? No. 
And therefore he says, no vow removal. Rabbi Yeshua, Savar Yeshika. Rabbi Yeshua could say, there is Zika. Why? Because remember from the Gemara in Yavamas, you could say Yeshika when there's one. You can't have her connected to multiple Yavaman like, like Arison. The question is going to be in the Shita of Rebbe Yezer, who says there's no difference between one and two. El Rebbe Yezer, my timing, what's his logic? Im Yezika, if there is Zika, Eim Breira. So now the problem is going to be Eim Breira. We can't go back and say which Yavam she was ultimately connected to. And therefore, why is Rebbe Eliezer allowing any Yavam to remove the vow? So I'm a Rabami. Rabami says, I'll, give you, I'll explain to you. And here we go. This is going to be the most important line for today, for the rest of the daf. And that is, says Rav Ami, Rav Ami says the whole case of our Mishnah, he's shifting everything. And we're going to focus now on this line and see how this works out. He says, the whole case of our Mishnah is dealing with when one Yavam went ahead and did Maimer. Remember, what does Maimer do? It, one Yavam could go ahead, give her money and, and set her aside in a way that none of the other brothers are permitted to go ahead and marry her. Now, if they do, it's valid, but usher. But what Mimer does is it sets her aside for him. So now, we're dealing with not a standard case in our Mishnah of Yavam and Yavam. We're dealing with the case of Yavam and Yavam, Sheyesh Ba Mimer, where Mimer's done. Okay, now with that being put into place, let's see how every opinion fits in. And since there's a complete acquisition when it comes to Mimer, Mamish like Nesuin, so says Rebbe Liezer, there's going to be an uh, uh, opportunity to remove the vows. This is only true that a Yavam could go with Mimer and remove everybody else's rights by one. But by two, you can't eat. You can't do it. Why? It could be the chiyosi achuei. Is there such a situation where if a brother comes asar and he's going to answer him on the first brother and get? Remember, pause for a moment. Brother number one does mimer. If brother number two jumps the gun illegally and has relations with the yavama or gives her a get, you know what happens? That overrides the mimer. Okay, so brother number two, we'll call it Ruvain dies childless, Levi, uh, Shimon does mimer, and now Levi, despite the mimer, goes ahead and has Bia with the Yavam, thereby consummating his marriage with her. The halacha is going to be, Shimon's out the window. You, you didn't do, take this the whole way, Shimon. You just did a mimer. Granted, Levi shouldn't have done that, and that was against the rules. It's against halacha. Abu Lamaisa, he's going to be valid. So says Rebbe, Says Rabbi Yeshua, do you ever have a situation where one brother could come, make the other brother usher, Levi could come, jump the gun, make Shimon usher, Umefer, and still we're going to say Shimon, who could be jumped, is the one who has the right to remove her vows? No. Hence, Rabbi Yeshua says there's a difference between one and two. If there's one with Mimer, Beseder. If there's two with Mimer, it's not Beseder, because the other brother still has the koach to knock him off. Rabbi Kiva Savar ain't Zika. Rabbi Kiva's going to be the opinion, no, and there's no Zika that's strong enough. There's no Zika, there's no bond that's strong enough to give the Yavam the right of vow removal. Okay. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar, not Rabbi Liazar, we're the Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar is in Amaira. This is not Rabbi Liazar, the Mishnah. Okay, so we have the three opinions of the Mishnah. The Gemara is now going to ask a question on an opinion of Rabbi Lazar, who's in Amaira, who cannot argue. On our Mishnah. So, 
According to Rabbi Lazar, the Amar who, who holds. According to Shitas Beishamai, who he said, Rebbe Liezer's opinion is in, is not Kaina. All Mimer does according to the opinion of Beishamai, says Rebbe Liezer, says Rebbe Lazar. All it does is, it doesn't create a stronger relationship. All it does is, is it causes that the other wife who's in, Yav- who's in uh, Yibum is now no longer part of the Yibum story. Because once I do Mimer to one, remember, you don't do, my, you don't do uh, Bia to multiple wives. Only one wife has it. So once Mimer's done and knocks off the other, what are you going to say? Because now we're, according to the opinion of Rabbi Elazar, all Mimer does is it helps to remove the Tzara from the picture. But does it make a stronger relationship? No. So now we're back to our question. Either way, in Shitas Rabbi Eliezer in the Mishnah, where's he coming from? Mimer's not going to help you. So Gemara says, Achamayiskin, and the case we're dealing with is, Kigayin Sha'amar Bedin, where the lady comes to Bezdin, and Bezdin obligates the Yavam to support her. Now, when would this happen? So the same way when a woman's 12 months of waiting are up for marriage. We tell the husband, you have to, you're obligated to support her. There's a certain point within Yibam as well. The Yavam can't keep the Yavama waiting her whole life. At a certain point, she could walk into Bezdin and say, listen, this guy's got to do Yibam or Chalitza. And Bezdin's going to paskin. Dude, you got to do it. And if you don't, you're going to be Chayiv You're going to have to support her. You're going to be financially uh, accountable. So um, they paskin that he's chayiv mezaynis, uchidrev pinchas, and we're paskin mishmei derava, and we're following the opinion of pinchas, the name of rava. The Omar kolani deres al das deres. Any woman who makes a vow does it al das baila. Okay, meaning even if she doesn't have, like we learned yesterday, even if she's not a full fledged nesuah, but once the financial support becomes an obligation, that's when the the right the Right, yeah, the rights to take on vows fall onto the husband. Okay. She sued. She sued. That's right. One of the brothers. That's right. Okay. Or even if it's one brother, even if there's one, mm-hmm. she sues him. She says, "Take him in." And as soon as Bezdin Paskins that he's Mochayiv and he now has the rights also to be made for her nitar. Okay. Ayin Dalit on the base. Tonight we learned in the Mishnah. Amr says, what about a case of a woman who is where somebody walks over to a woman and he acquired her by himself. He puts a ring on her finger. What's the halacha? He can be made for Nidaram. Says the Mishnah. A woman who's given to by Shemaim shouldn't it be even stronger than when you do it yourself? And if the case of our Mishnah is like Rav Ami, that there wasn't a classic case of Yibam, uh, Yavman Yavama. Rather, there was Mamish Mimer done, and that's the reason for Rebbe Liezer's underlying opinion why, it's, why, why uh, um, no, no matter what, they could remove the vow. They, they could remove the vows. He did Mimer. He acquired her for himself. And therefore, ask the Gemara, beautiful. How can you tell me, Ravami, the case of the Mishnah? Is where he did mimer. If you did mimer, you did an action of Arison. 
Don't tell me what's a listen closely, this is Gishmak. What's the whole logic in the Mishnah? What's Rebbe Lezer telling Rabbi Akiva? No, 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 Rabbi Akiva, I'll tell you why there's got to be a connection. I'll tell you why there's got to be a connection over here between uh, and, and allow, the, um, uh, allow the, the Yavam to remove the vows. You know why? Because if you do it yourself, you could remove the vows. Kabachaymer, if the Rabbi Yishon does it. Ask the Gemara. But if you did Mimer, there's not the Rabbi Yishon creating that relationship. You did it yourself. You gave her money. You, you made a Mimer. It's the same as an Arison. What's Where's the logic over here? Answer the Gemara. Shekhanah la'atzma yadei what he means is, he did it by himself through the Zika that's created by the Rabban Shlom. Okay? Because otherwise, Mimer's not going to work unless you have the pre-existing bond. Tivshoit, the boy Rabba, <clears throat> says the Gemara. So why don't we answer, why don't we explain a Shiloh that Rabba had asked with what we just said. Mimer le Beishamai. Erisin Isa, Enesu Isa. Rabba asked a Shiloh. According to Beishamai, when you do Mimer, does it create... An erisin effect, or does it create a nesuin effect? Tifshite, why don't we answer the nesuin isa? It's got to be a nesuin effect. The erisin isa, if it's going to be an erisin effect, I don't understand. Tatram, we learned in the Mishnah. Nara Muratsa, Avi Ubailam, Afir, and Didarel. Gavaldik. Now, if you're going to tell me that you look at it separately, so you see, Mimer creates a nesuin. Amrav Nachman Abar Yitzchak, Ma Yafeh, what does it mean? That he could be for the Nadarim, Yafer Bashot. This doesn't mean he could do it by himself. What it means is he could do it together with the father. And therefore, not necessarily do we have an answer that Mimer creates the Suin. It may very well be that Mimer is merely creating Arisin. And when we say that he could remove the vow, we really mean along with the along with the girl's father. Okay. <coughs> Now we're going to bring a raya. We ask questions on Ravami's approach, saying that the whole case of our Mishnah of Yavam and Yavama is when Mimer was done, because again, that was the only way to make sense of Rebbe Yezra's opinion. So we're going to try to prove that, Rav, that this is a correct approach. Why? Shemeris Yavam, it says in the Brisa, when you have a woman who's waiting for Yibam, whether she's waiting for one brother, whether there's two brothers who could possibly do Yibam. Rebbe Lezer says, the Yavam, even if he's one of multiple, has a right to remove the vows. Rebbe Shua says, no, only if there's one Yavam could he do it. If there's two, the, then uh, the Yavam cannot do it. No Yavam can do rem- vow removal. Doesn't work. Omer Rebbe Lezer he says, I'll prove that you're wrong through logic. And we know in the case where you have a wife that he has no rights in, at all before doing once she comes for Nesuin, Nigmar Allah, all of a sudden he takes on total rights to her vows. So when it comes to a Yavam and Yavama, and he does mimer to her, so he already had a pre-existing chelak in her. Certainly, once mimer is done, right? First, you have the connection that the Torah says you're obligated to do the yibum, and now we're going to do a mimer. How much more so should logic dictate that he should be able to remove the vows after a mimer? Now, this is assuming that that case is a mimer case. Kiva says back to him wrong. If you're going to say by a woman that he acquired on his own, a regular case, a regular woman, 
had no connection with her. Nobody else had a connection with her either. So nobody, it's, it's not like anybody had rights there. It was, she was just by herself. Nobody else could touch her vows. Taimar, are you going to say, when you have a woman who's connected to him with the halachas of Yibum, in the same way that he has a chalak with her, there's a, there's a connection with her, so do other people have a chalak with her? No. In other words, the Rabbi Shalom gave him, the Torah gave him a chalak with her, and nobody else. So Rabbi Shua kicks in and says, your logic is going to apply when there's two Yavamim, but when there's one Yavam, that's not going to be true. And this solidifies Rabbi Shua's opinion that if there's one Yavam with Mimer, then he could remove the vows. But if there's two Yibams with Mimer, then the vow cannot be removed. Amar Lai, Rabbi Kiva is going to respond to Rabbi Shua. Can we make a difference? Can we make a, a, a differentiation between a Yavam, who fall, a Yavam who falls to one brother? Or a Yavamu falls to two brothers, Bain Shabasma Maiser, Bain Shalayasiba Maiser, or whether Mimer, I'm sorry, whether whether Mimer was done, or whether Mimer was not done, Ukashar Devarim came to Darim. We should view this, this uh, uh, all the halachas, the same as the removal of vows. And Balashan Azah Omar Rabami, and about this conversation, Ravami Ben Azai says, Chaval Allahu Ben Azai. It's chaval, it's chaval on you, Ben Azai Shaloi Shimashta as Rabbi Akiva, that you didn't learn under Rabbi Akiva. Ben Azai was so uh, impressed and so brought to such clarity by Rabbi Akiva's argument that he says, you know, when, once he heard this uh, rebuttal that Rabbi Akiva had to Rabbi Yeshua, there was such clarkite there, there was such clarity there that Ben Azai says, well, I, <laughs> too bad I wasn't uh, Rabbi Akiva's. Talmud. My Tanik Havasi Deravami, because in what way, I'm sorry, in what way, I lost the place. I'm like, um, the Katani, because we learned, Bain Shasaba Mimer, whether, looking at the Aleph, yeah, Midiktani, Midiktani. Bain Shasaba Mimer. Whether Mimer was done, or whether Mimer, whether Mimer, keep saying Mimer, whether Mimer wasn't done, Inami Meresha, or you could say that Rabbi Eliezer's plaque is coming from the Resha, Diktani. It says in the beginning, by a regular woman, that there was no Yibam by Mishin Nichnes, or Rishusai, Nigmar Alai. Once she comes into his domain, Nigmar Alai, it's complete, meaning his rights to remove her vows are complete by him. Vidalai Kaddish, and if Taka, the case in our Mishnah is talking about where there was no Kaddish over here. Kaddish is referring to Mimer, where he didn't set her aside. The word Kaddish, you know, we translate it as holy, but it really means elevated and separated. So if the case is where there was no Mimer, my Nigmarlai, what does it mean that they did anything to complete that relationship? There was nothing completed if there's no Mimer. She's still a Yavman Yavama. Therefore, we have a strong proof that Mimer was done. Period. Bottom line, we're going to hold it here for today. Bottom line, the, the purpose of this b'risa was to prove that the original question we had in our Gemara, which is, how does Rebbe Liezer's opinion of both one and two giving you the rights to remove the vow by multiple yavamim, how does, uh, what's going to be the background of that logic? 
Ravami says the background of the logic is going to be Mimer, and that's the entire case of the Mishnah. This Bryce approves Taka this, this approach that Rebbe Liezer and his psak of whether there's one or two, Yubamim, the it could be removed, is talking about a case specifically when Mimer was done. If Mimer was not done, Rebbe Liezer would not keep his opinion. Okay, so we'll hold it here for today, and Bezim tomorrow. We will pick up from Mai Ukishar Devarim. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Bezer Shabbos, Monty Shabbos. Let's call it for, um, let's call it for 6.45. It's getting a little later now, Shkia. So we'll call it 6.45, Bezer Shabbos, on, uh, on Monty Shabbos. Zayge Benched.